from now. Um, I'd also like to introduce our speaker for this morning. We have Miss Christina St. Pierre. And she is our executive student body president. She is a senior. She's double majoring with a BS in business marketing and a BA in communication arts. Um, I asked her if there was anything specific she wanted me to announce um, this morning, and she mentioned, you can tell them about my amazing nephew, Isaiah. He's the uh, most important person in my life and holds the key to her heart. So we're so excited that um, she's willing to share with us this morning. And um, would you mind standing with me as we, as we begin to center our hearts in worship. God, we come before you thankful this morning, Lord, to um, just enter into your presence. Um, Lord, to, to stop in the midst of um, a busy schedule um, and center our minds and hearts on you, God, and reflect on your goodness and your glory and your faithfulness in our lives. And Lord, I just ask that you would be with us as we um, gather this morning. Lord, that um, whatever worries or nervousness or anxiety uh, might be filling our minds, Lord, that it would be replaced with your peace. Um, and God, that we would encounter you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Okay, that was weak. That was weak. Good morning, everyone. All right, so I just want to start today by being transparent. Um, when I was asked to speak in chapel over the summer with my team, I got to admit, I was like, God, who me? Nah, not me. And not because, you know, I'm not confident in my speaking abilities. My friends will let you know, like, whenever you're on the T or on the bus, that awkward person who wants to start a conversation, that's me. So I'm not scared to talk in front of people. But just because of the huge platform that I have been blessed with to give today's message. But as they say, God does not choose the qualified. He definitely does qualify the call. So I have to be honest. What I'm going to talk about today may not touch every single person in this room. And I'm okay with that. But if I can encourage just one person, I will feel like I have done my job. So will you pray with me? God, thank you for being present in this moment. I ask that you remove any distractions that may block your word from being present today. I ask that the words that I speak, they're not my words, but your words spoken through me, Lord God. And anyone who needs to hear this message or needs to be moved by this message can open up their ears and just hear what I have to say. Thank you for this moment. We love you. You're awesome. Amen. So I want to begin with the question Professor Williams left us with last chapel. What is your purpose? Right? Like, who are you? And it's a loaded question, I got to admit. And I'm sure many of us was really touched by that message. And in discovering our purpose, like he said, it really has absolutely nothing to do with us alone. It's us being together. But I know... Even after the long weekend, I'm still asking myself that same question. God, who am I? I mean, who are you calling me to be? And this is probably a question flowing through a lot of seniors' heads right now. Shout out to all my seniors. You know, graduation is just going to creep up on us, trying to figure out, get our lives together. It's hard. And to be honest, 
a lot of our professors and faculty members, they're still asking that same exact question. God, who am I and who are you calling me to be? And you see, a lot of times the problems that we run into is that we are searching to be more, do more, give more in this attempt to find who we are. And to be real, I was one of those people and I'm still working through that today. And in the few years that I have been on this campus, I got involved with anything and everything that I could get my hands on. If there was an event, I was the first one to participate. If there was something that needs to go on, I was the first one to say, how can I help? How can I be serving? And it's a mouthful, but I was involved in women's basketball, cross country, 17 to 18 credits per semester, director of publicity for Alana, director of publicity for SAC, working at Marshalls, Admissions, Salem Radio, interning slash working, Prism Energy Services, Eversource, National Grid, Unitel, PSNH, and yes, that's a mouthful. My old roommate, Jordan, she will tell you, I was crazy. I don't know how I did all these things all at once. And this is not counting all of the side projects that I got involved in. I really actually thought, man, God, this is what you are calling me to do. Every single opportunity that was coming my way, I would just jump and say yes to it. And I was saying, yep, this is what God is calling me to be. Serve in any and every way that I can. Jump at every opportunity. But every opportunity that is given to you does not mean it is for you. And in the last year, my life completely changed in a moment. It was actually here in chapel. My thinking of doing more and being more was all altered in one moment. I decided to stop playing the sport that changed my life. The sport that got me to this amazing place. I felt like I lost a huge part of my identity. And yes, I find my identity in Christ, but basketball was the sport that I could go to when things were going wrong at home. It was the only thing that I knew how to do okay besides the travels and everything else. But it was the only thing I really felt like I was good at. And shout out to the women's basketball team. But my family and even my roommate, we went through a lot in this transition. But I didn't realize at the moment that God was doing not only a work in me, but a work in us. And showing me that it's not exactly what we do or how we choose to serve or who we are trying to be. But what matters most is being present with one another. But let's be real. What does it actually mean to be present with each other in this day and age? I mean, many of us call being present, pulling out our phone every time something about, is about to happen. For example, it could be your homie's birthday, you guys are out, birthday cake comes out, the candles are lit, and right before they're about to blow it, you're like, hold up, I gotta put this on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. We do it, we gotta admit it. But think about it. How many moments have you missed by pulling out your phone? See, being present is an action. I'm just going to say that again. Being present is an action. Being present is physically being there with someone or something with your whole mind, body, and spirit. You know, I have actually found myself doing this a lot on campus where I would see someone and I would say hi and I would say bye. And I really thought that was me spending time with the person. Or let's be real, a lot of us can say a friend will come up to us and they'll say, man, I'm really going through this. And you'll say, I'll pray for you. But how many times have we actually forgotten to pray for them? 
Being present is a deeper relationship with each other beyond the surface level. This year as an SGA team, we've chosen Philippians 2, verse 1 through 2 to be our verse for the year. And to be honest, it took us a long time to figure out what is it that God wants us to present to the campus? And what is it that our student body needs to hear? Because in the past, it's no secret, a lot of times SGA will just choose a verse and we won't memorize it. There'll be no vision behind it. It'll just be our verse. But we really want this year, we want to embody this thing of what it doesn't mean to be in one accord with each other. So feel free to follow along if you have your Bibles or your phone. It's Philippians 2, verse 1 through 2. If there is, therefore, any exhortation in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any tender mercies and compassions, Make full my joy that ye be of the same mind, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And now I'm just basically going to dissect this for you and just break it down. So let's just call this the letter of joy. So there are a number of different reasons why Paul wrote this letter. But the one that we're going to focus on the most is that this letter was to appeal for unity and the end of quarrels in the church. How many of us today knows what a modern prison looks like? Or you have like some kind of idea. All right. I hope y'all never been in jail before. But um, man, let me tell you, our prisons today are nothing like the Roman prisons. And according to the Christian Courier, the type of prison that Paul would have been in was usually kept underground, dug out of solid rock. And he would have been lowered through a hole just the size of a manhole, just enough to get in and get out. And like our prisons today, he didn't have enough room to just walk around, exercise, do what he had to do. The prison was under the marketplace. So what that meant is that there was rain and debris that would just fall in and animals would actually drop into this house of darkness. And that's what they called their prisons was a house of darkness. So it was really hard for not only him to get out, but the animals that were just there chilling with him. Right? So my man Paul, he's in prison. And I'm going to be real. Think about it. If you're in prison for a crime that you didn't commit... You'll be pretty angry, right? I will call all my homies. I'll be like, yo, make a free Christina t-shirt, put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter. Let them know I am mad because the government really cares about that, right? They want to know free Christina. So Paul didn't have a t-shirt that said free Paul, let me out or Christ is going to come for you. He actually was not groaning or mumbling at all. He wasn't mad. He wasn't upset, but he began to write the Christians in Philippi thanking and encouraging them. All right, I'm going to say that again. My man Paul is in prison for a crime he did not commit with animals, the breeze, rain, anything you could think about. And he's not angry. He's not mad. He is writing the Christians in Philippi, thanking and encouraging them. Don't raise your hands. But how many of us in here today can say that in the midst of our own trials, and tribulations, whatever it is that we're going through, we can still be strong enough to encourage our brothers and sisters around us. Just think about that. So the people of Philippi, they're facing their own trials and they have their own problems. And they, like many churches today, have some petty disagreements and selfishness. And whether it was about the worship music or I know in my church, what color the new carpet should be, Paul points them to a better approach 
to interpersonal relationships and gives them examples that they can follow. So if you read on to the next lines, verses 3 to 5, he goes on to say, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset that Christ Jesus had. In these lines, Paul is not questioning their Christian faith, but he is reminding them of what the result of their faith should be. Their spiritual experiences have the result of unity and humility. They must show Christ's love to other people, and they can only do this if they show love to each other. And if they are not united, their witness to the world will be weak. And that's what he's telling them. And Paul is encouraging the Philippi, not dictating them. Our theme for the year, as I have stated, is one accord. And we realize a lot of times, even in any schools or even businesses, they'll have a mission statement, but they don't have a vision. They don't have a why of what they're doing. They just know this is the mission statement. It's not even memorized at all. This is just what I know we're following. So we decided to also have a vision statement behind our verse. And our vision statement states that in order to achieve unity among our culturally diverse campus, we seek to uncover the strengths of our fellow students understanding and empowering them to step out of their comfort zone. And this can only be done by being present with one another. I mean, how many of us can admit really that sometimes in the midst of the craziness and the noise and the stresses of the world and adapting to change and being new to change that being present with others and around others is okay or easy? I know I can say that it wasn't. I mean, last year when me and my roommate Jordan was going through a lot, I was being a horrible friend. I was just trying to be distracted by all the different things going around. And I just really thought, man, this is what God wants us to do, ignoring the fact that there was something else going on. I forgot that we had to be present with one another in order to build our relationship. And thank God that he was in the midst of that, that we chose that route of being present with one another. And being present is not only in the beginning of the school year, no, it's throughout the semester, throughout your years being here together as a campus. Guys, it's okay to integrate. What? Did she just say that? Yes, I did. It's okay to integrate. It's okay to get out of our cliques, because I already know cliques have already formed and it's only been a week, about a week ago. It's only been a week. And, you know, once in a while... Let's admit it, once in a while, it's okay to get out of our cliques and learn about those that are different from us. And you know what? I know for a fact that I am speaking to some people today who are saying, who me, together with other people, grow that are different from me? Nah, I'm here for my grades, for the girls or guys. I'm here to get my degree, then I'm out. I'm not trying to be friendly. And you know what? I respect you because that was me two to three years ago. I came to the school and my wall was up. I was like, you ain't my people, we ain't equal, I ain't one of you, and that's Boosie if you don't know that. I really thought like, I don't want to integrate with anyone, we're not from the same background, Why, why would I open up a wall? Why would I let others into my life? 
But then that made me ask the question my friend was, she's like my mentor, she said, but what happens if we choose not to go in this route and actually embody this thing of being transparent with one another, growing with each other in one accord? I mean, what happens when we say, yeah, you're different from me, we're from a different background, we're, we're different, that's no story, we have different stories, but... Why are you here? What happens when we start asking those questions? What happens when we actually choose to support each other and not judge each other because of the different backgrounds that we come from or how we speak or how we wear our clothes, but actually saying, why are you here? And you know what? Being present with each other will be hard. I'm not sugarcoating it. There were times where I hated that some people just did not understand why I felt some type of way about certain things. There were times I felt that way. This is nothing new. But I am pleading and encouraging to new and old students, faculty and staff, that taking on this journey of being in one accord is taking that leap of faith. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be weird. Sometimes you're not going to like it. But you know what, I can say that three years ago, when I came here, I did not want anything to do with anyone. But never in my life did I think I would be up here speaking, being student body president. That was not in my head at all. I was here to play ball, get my grades, and be out. And then I let people who were different from me invest in my life. And there were also people who were the same. And because of that, and being present with one another, I was able to grow and start learning about where is it and what is it that God is actually calling me to be. So I'm actually going to play a beat real fast. And for those of you who know it, I'm going to ask you at the end, tell me who it is. So hit it, Canaan. know who 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 raps to this who is it yes you all are my favorite person ever don't know if I said that correctly all right so yep Tupac is my favorite artist rest in peace so I'm not gonna deny it he is my favorite artist and I'm sure some of you just heard the name Tupac and you've seen the way he looks the things he talked about and you may just write him off because of the words that he uses sometimes and his swag. There is a particular swag about him. But as my friend Javon Winfield told me, (laughs) yeah, sometimes people can be abrasive in the way they say or do things. But does that mean that we write them off for their inner talents that they may have and ignore them simply because their art is different from our approach? See, here's a poem by Tupac. It's called The Rose That Grew From Concrete. And I'm just going to read it real fast to all of you and relate that to who we are. See, you try to plant something in concrete, you know what I mean? If it grow and the rose petal got all kind of scratches on it and marks, you're not going to say, man, look at all the scratches and the marks from the concrete. You're going to be like, what? A rose grew from the concrete? Same thing with me, you know? I grew out of all of this saying, man, he did this? He did this? Just be like, what? He grew out of that? He came out of that? 
That's what you should say, you know what I mean? All of the trouble to survive and make good out of the dirty, nasty, you know what I mean? Unbelievable lifestyle they gave me. I'm just trying to make something. When no one even cared, the rose, it grew from concrete. Keeping all these dreams, proving nature's laws wrong, it learned how to walk without having feet. It came from concrete. Did you hear about the rose that grew from concrete, from a crack, proving nature laws wrong? It learned how to walk without feet. Funny it seems, but by keeping its dreams alive, it learned to breathe fresh air. Long live the rose that grew from concrete when no one else even cared. No one else even cared. The rose, it grew from concrete. You see, we wouldn't ask why the rose grew from the concrete, had damaged petals, or the contraire. We would all celebrate its tenacity. We would all love it to reach the sun. Well, we are the roses. This is the concrete, and these are my damaged petals. Don't ask me why. Thank God. Ask me how. See, as a campus, this concept of being in one accord can be brought together because though we are all different, And we all are all in different places of our lives, which is a fact, and that won't change. We can be accord if we choose to be present with one another and learn from these differences. ENC Lions, whether you believe it or not, we are that rose. And the difference between us is all the concrete. And we can stop focusing so much on ourselves and begin to be present with one another, allowing God's light to shine through the crack so that we can grow to be a beautiful display for the world and not for our glory as the song we sung today, but for his. And we may break through the crack, we may have damaged petals, but man, what a sight that would be when we actually break through together in one accord. So as I asked before, who are you? And how are you willing to be present with those around you despite of the differences so that God can do a work in you like no one else has ever seen before by choosing to be present with one another? So as I end today, did you hear about the rose that grew from a crack in the concrete? Proving nature laws wrong, it learned how to walk without having feet. Funny it seems, but by keeping its dreams alive, it learned to breathe fresh air. Long live the rose that grew from concrete when no one else even cared. The rose, us lions, we can grow from the concrete. And that's it. Thank you.